Hi, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I went to sleep and woke up and rolled another joint and am now shaking a bottle of celery juice. A bottle? What? Yeah, I'm in New York and although I bought a juicer, it's still sitting in the box because then after I bought the juicer, I saw on Fresh Direct that they had organic celery juice with lemon and um, it's fresh and it's direct. <laughs> and although I've never used that company and they have no idea who I am, they brought me this juice and it's really, really good and I don't have to juice it. So I'm going to drink this and smoke the J of the morning. Oh my God. Morning J podcast with celery juice. Yes, vibes. Ah, it must be so fucking exhausting to be around Gemini's. How am I the same person that was talking to you yesterday? Drink your celery juice, please. It's so disturbing, right? Because you know that we know that we, that you know that we don't know we're doing it. It's rare that we have these moments of complete clarity, right? And self-reflection where we can see like, wow, this is insane that we're actually like this. Most of the time, we don't know where this flagrantly uh, varied. There's so many of us. And they're all dependent on mood. They're not dependent on logic and reason at all, which is why whenever someone is like, yeah, Gemini's are like really analytical and really logical, I'm always like, yeah. (laughs) With the facts, with you, with out there, but when it comes to us, oh, it's all just raw emotion. That's why we don't talk about it. Because we know we're being idiots. The logical part of us is like, ah, this thing I'm feeling is completely idiotic. Why would I ever share this with anyone? Why would I ever let anyone know that this is what I'm feeling? I, I know the logical analytical part of me knows that this is bullshit. And yet I'm completely ruled by that raw and unacknowledged emotion, right? Beware of the Gemini who's learned how to process their emotions. I haven't met one yet though, so. <laughs> I think you're safe. Mm. Damn, this juice is so good. Let me put you on. Okay, it is called La 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 Evolution. Just add add an R to the end, uh, to the beginning. Eh? Uh, Evolution Fresh Organic Celery Glow. Plant-based hydration. Cold-pressed celery and lemon blend. Lemon juice blend. And if you look at the ingredients, the only things in it are celery juice and lemon. Hmm. So, wonderful, wonderful juice, wonderful morning to do a podcast. Apologies to the Taurus fam that I'm doing this before I do your reading, but I'm actually really glad I'm doing it because I don't want this energy to seep into your reading. I want your reading to be pretty serious, actually, because you're coming up on such a good time. But let's get to it. I There's so much to talk about. And I realized that yesterday I went off on such a tangent. And all of a sudden I was out of joint and out of hydration. And I needed to use the bathroom. And I was like, ah, oh, what happened? So much to talk about. And didn't really get to hit on much. Except, you know, beware of your phone. But here you are the next day listening to something on your phone. 
I guess the, the, the happy middle ground here or the safe middle ground or the semblance of safe middle ground is that you use your phone like, mm, this is going to sound extreme, but solely for activism. Like everything you look at, everything, everyone you choose to follow or not follow, to stalk or not stalk, uh, to buy from or not buy from is all geared uh, towards propagating the values you believe in. You know, so you don't just buy with your principles. You, you sell your time, you sell your eyes by your principles. That's always been a big thing with me, even before this whole world of internet and attention and, and views and, and streams and whatever existed, like how much view time they can get you on an app. I, I've always been very conscious of the fact that I'm allowing something into my life, my presence, by acknowledging it and looking at it. That's why it's such a... It's such an awful quality of mine. But if I don't like you, I will not look at you. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like uh, to the point where I've had so many people in my life come up to me and say, why won't you look at me? Will you look at me for a second? And I'm like, yeah, what? And I'm like looking everywhere but at them or I'm looking like at their at their jawline or something like I, I don't. I don't like to allow things into my eyes, (laughs) into my brain, just because, right? Because I just, I don't, it's the way like you turn away when something embarrassing is happening to somebody. I guess it's more cultural because uh, oftentimes we're also trained to look at something that's horrific as opposed to turning away. I'm big at turning away. I'm turning my head if you're and and I'm like immature about it and I don't even mean to be this is not a conscious decision this is just how my brain is wired or how my feelings work but like if you're like heavy making out on tv I'm turning my face I'm I'm turning my head if you're like like, there are certain things that you can if you're getting like too graphic or too cruel or too violent like the movie's getting I'm turning my head away I'm not even watching the scary movies I'm watching through my eyes if I'm watching it all usually if there's a scary movie on I'm watching through my eyelids because I just can't bring myself to open my eyes. So now you can turn that around and realize that your eyes are a commodity. Your attention is a commodity. Oh, by the way, if you have something to smoke, baby, you should fucking smoke it. Oh my God, how long has it been, you guys? (coughs) It's been forever. Mmm. I felt myself coming back like into myself yesterday a little bit for the first time in a while. But then I woke up this morning and I was like, I watched The Wrath of Khan while I was sleeping. That movie gives me energies. And I woke up like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot for, like, a millisecond, and it was, like, a horrific world to live in. But, like, I remember again, oh, yeah, I'm the shit. I completely forgot for, like, a millisecond. And, like, the simulation sucked for that millisecond. 
And that kind of taught me a lot. You know, my dad told me, my dad was like, uh, in the Quran, it says that Allah gives you according to what you think of yourself. Of the, of the, Allah gives you according to the standard you hold yourself to. Because he was, he was telling me something. He was like, oh, I, uh, he said, um, I, I love your teeth. Your teeth are so beautiful. And my mom made some kind of comment, you know, like, like, yeah, they sure cost enough or something. Um, and <laughs> I'm actually really grateful that I grew up with someone like my mom. Because anytime anyone makes any kind of comment, I'm just looking at them thinking, you don't even know how bad you are at this. Like, I grew up with someone who's a master at the snide comment. So, like, you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting a reaction. Um, but then my dad said, uh, yeah, well, there's a doctor in Pakistan that told me that they, he could do that for me for, like, I don't know what number he said, some number for X amount of thousands of dollars. And I was like, oh, yeah, do it. Um, and I said, I'll pay for it. Do it. And him and my mom looked at each other and they just started laughing. And I was like, what are you guys laughing about? And he said, you just have always been this way. And I was like, what? Generous? Like I got, I got Jupiter in the 12th house with my son. And generous is like my first name. <laughs> Um, I can't help it. I, the, the high that I get off of like giving people things, I, I buy two of something if I like it. Cause I know I'm going to tell someone about it that I like it. And they're going to say, Oh, I should try that. I want to try that. And I'm going to be like, here, you can try this one. Um, but that's just, that's the smallest example. Like, and it's not even to like say anything like, Oh, I'm like this or I'm so good or whatever. It's just such a defining character trait like i just love giving people shit if i see something that i know that somebody would like i'm like yo i'm gonna give them that thing <laughs> so my dad said it he was like you know it'll cost this much what do you think and i was like do it i'll pay for it um and they started laughing to each other they were like you know we were talking about it the other day like we just think it's really funny like even when you were like six seven years old you were talking to people like you were trying to finance their lives or like you know, like venture capital, some shit, like you were the one who was like, I think we should invest in that. Or I think that's something, uh, that's a good thing to buy. Or I think that's a good person to give money to. Like it's, it, he said, it's as if you've always known that there was this like, there was this time that was going to come in your life where you could do these things for your family and you could do these things for your friends. And like, you were always prepared for it. And then he kind of caught himself and he thought about it. He said, actually, matter of fact, you know, it says in the Quran that and then, you know, Allah gives according to what you think of yourself. So he was like, it makes sense. Like you think you've always thought of yourself. And I was like, dad, it's because of you. Like all the stuff you told me, the way you are. Right. But. It's. um. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about that. Let's smoke a little more and let's get into this. There's a lot, lot, lot to talk about. Oh yeah, we were talking about the eyes. Just being careful what you give your eyes to, what you give your attention to. I think the, I think one of the best ways you can do it is by not scrolling. 
I think it would be really cool to go and check the accounts that you need to check for whatever reason that you're getting information and then not scroll and find your inspiration in other places and through other conduits for a little while just to like remind yourself that your world doesn't exist on this screen. I think it's really important to start wiring or 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 rewiring some of the neurons that are now lying dormant because we've stopped receiving inspiration from uh, the written word on a piece of paper or paint on a canvas or some sort of a clay in our hands or right like singing at the top of your lungs like I, I find it very interesting that we come as a species out of a history where we've all sang always whether it's chanting or praying or drum circles or I mean, as far back as primitive times, we are a, a species of animal that sings. And now how few of us sing. And there are things that are specifically wired in our brains to singing. Let me turn that off. That's so annoying. Hold on. So yeah, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to get a little inspiration into your eyes from different sources and not just sources that have been compromised. Yeah, there was a time when something like Insta was done chronologically, right? And anyone who posted at any time got whatever eyes were there. But what you're looking at now i think yeah and i'll close with this what you're looking at now when you scroll through there is a painstakingly curated endless advertisement and it was bought by a faction of companies that are all going to make money off of the fact that you looked at that thing and they paid for you to look at it, whether it seems like it or not. It's a scrolling billboard and it's controlled by the same dirty conglomerates (laughs) that control everything else. So yes, is it a place where you can express yourself and disseminate information and display your art? Absolutely. And yes, can it be used safely for those purposes? Of course it can. But I would be remiss if I didn't point this out to you because it's intensely dangerous you have advertisements posing as original thought and idea and art and it's not it's just a fucking ad so 
That's what I'll say on that. Let's smoke a little and let's talk about Joe Budden. Yay, celery juice. Yay, morning joint. Yay, Joe Budden. Okay, so. Boy, oh boy. Doesn't take many Virgos to uh, turn the world on its side, does it? <laughs> just a few, just a few. Drink something, please. So, Joe. <laughs> Joe asked for $250 million. Is that crazy? No, it's not. If you think that's crazy, you're a racist. I'm just going to be really, really honest about that. It's not crazy. It's a great place to start negotiating. It's crazy if that's the final number that he was like, I won't go below this. That's crazy. 200 million would be fine for the four of them. That's fine. But to think it's crazy because he's talking in the hundreds of millions is is to prove him right. And everything he's been saying uh, about the podcast industry in general for years now, which is that it's slowly morphing into the music business, and that's fucking terrifying. Right? Why isn't the JBP worth $250 million? Why is that something that's making people guffaw? I mean, doesn't it have the listenership? Doesn't it get the views? Doesn't it shape and promote and demote various elements of pop culture? Hasn't it become a pop phenomenon? Don't people from every different race and class demographic listen to it? Are influenced by it? Aren't there many salient points? Maybe not so many lately. But I think that's the discontent that's been settling in for at least six months. Aren't there salient points made that, that actually really do affect what happens in pop culture? Now, okay, let me leave that for a second and say this. I am a, uh, along with giving people presents and the rest of it, I am a huge believer in paying people what they're worth. If you've ever worked with me in any capacity, you know this for a fact, and it's a reputation that I've earned and I'm very proud of. You're gonna make, uh, okay, I'll tell you where I got it from too. <laughs> so when I was like 18, The Usual Suspects came out, 19, 18, 19, somewhere in there, The Usual Suspects came out, maybe I was 20, I don't remember, um, and I just loved it. I loved it as soon as it came out. I loved everything about it. I couldn't stop watching it. I made everyone I know watch it. I thought Benicio Del Toro was the bee's knees. You know, all the things. And one of the things they said about Kaiser Soze was that anyone who worked for him made double what the job was worth. And you know, I really liked that. Because he had no people but he had mad people. You know what I mean? Do you, do you follow me? Kaiser Soze has no people, no groups. No groups, bro. 
But he has so many people. Why? Because he'd be putting people on. If somebody's paying you twice what something is worth, you're going you're gonna to pick up the phone the next time they call you. And if every time you work with them, you make more money than you thought you were going to make, not because the, the thing ended up being more, but just the person is generous. They're giving you more. You're going to remember that. You know why? Because it makes you feel good. Because it makes you feel appreciated. Because it makes you feel like the job that you did, somebody was paying attention and rewarded your time with what you need to be rewarded for with that t- for that time. And that's money. It's not the money itself. Although the money is nice and it gets you what you need, which is why you're there in the first place. It's the act of appreciating. When someone is paid what they're truly, what their time is truly worth, even, you know, but that in and of itself is this huge existential question. How can you put a value on time? But okay. If you pay someone what they, what they think their time is worth, if you, if, if the person is expecting to make, you know, $10 an hour to do your, like, whatever processing or $20 an hour and you give them 100 they're going to be like, okay, yes, I am happy to do this. I feel like this is an honest exchange of my time for this money and, and I will do this again for you and I'll do it really well too because I will feel like my time is well spent earning what I consider considerably more than what I thought I was going to get or what other people are getting comparatively, right? When you don't pay people properly, when you shortchange them, when you, when you force people who have no choice but to work for you because there aren't the same availabilities around, when, when you box people in and, and pay them less than what they know they're worth, the productivity, the, the quality of their work completely diminishes it goes down to nothing which is why i've always been a big believer in overpaying people listen i'm paying you to do this anyway but if i pay you a little bit more you're gonna do it perfect you're gonna do it right you're gonna be happy to do it and if you're happy to do it it's gonna be better i've never understood the mentality of a corporation that thinks that squeezing somebody financially will get you a better product. It's never happened and it never will. Especially because you're applying this steel, cold, sterile, mechanical business model to something creative. Something so fleeting and so deeply creative as a conversation. You want them to comfortably converse and have a dialogue about popular culture. And they do it. And people listen. And they like it. And it's funny. And in a time especially where people are indoors and they don't know what the fuck they're going to do and they're losing their shit, they bring comfort and, and laughs and some reassurance to what is a crazy world situation. In the midst of that, of them doing this for however many years. And on top of that, you know, going through the pandemic, like really being there for people, especially young people. 
in the midst of all of that, that they've done and have been doing, you start to try to trap them into a new contract where you can continue to underpay them. That's where your head is at. That's your motivation while this is happening and your platform is taking off in this respect more because you know what i don't want to fucking hear it yeah people go to spotify to listen to music i don't personally but yeah cool you do it that's great good for you but no a podcast was not synonymous with spotify no that's something that you heard joe budden say over and over and over and over again every time you heard the pod that you were like you started to associate them which is exactly what they used him for which is exactly what they wanted and this is exactly how corporations treat anyone that they use like that. He was just like really sophisticated clickbait, you know? And and what do you do with that? You throw it away. You dispose of it. That's what you do with bait, right? You dispose of it. But, ha ha ha, they can't dispose of him because he just happens to be <laughs> a smart, for the most part, fearless Virgo mind. He's not scared. He's been through this. He's not going to go through it again. And if you want any proof that he's absolutely 100% right and has hit every nerve and is a danger to that theft centered corporate culture just look at what they did to him look at this smear campaign that's going on right now drink something please look at what they did to him so many things all at once he smacks women around and he jerks off dogs cool but Spotify, he said that he jerked off dogs on your podcasts, on your platform that you pay him for months ago. <clears throat> I remember because I was listening. <clears throat> and I thought, okay, maybe this is a part of dog culture that I'm just not privy to. And also... Every woman who's ever dated him has been on the internet since the beginning of the internet saying that he pushes women and gets in their face and yells and screams and you've got to be like five years old and never have met an aggressive uncle to not pick that up about Joe Budden. <laughs> every woman over the age, well, every female over the age of 15 has enough sense to know just from looking at him that he's the type of guy who would push you against the wall and scream in your face and like hit the wall and probably hit you. You can see it in him. Okay, cool, got you, noted. Not denying it, not fighting about it, but these, these are things that have been known again since the beginning of the internet. It didn't stop any from it didn't stop any companies from giving him deals. It didn't stop any of his checks. It didn't stop Spotify. And yet all of a sudden, as soon as he starts talking about them during this failed negotiation, failed renegotiation, all of a sudden all this stuff is coming out about him. It's a clumsy corporate sabotage attempt to destroy any credibility that he may have. 
But I think what they failed to realize is that we listen to him talk and therefore know how he thinks and have been doing so and processing how he thinks and getting to know his mind for some of us months, some of us weeks, and a lot of us for years. Right? You can't smear or propaganda a listenership or a fan base that's uh, you can't smear someone who has that if that fan base is ba- that fan base exists because they like how you think they know you they already heard that shit about the dog before they thought it was bizarre right they they heard that tahiri said that so tahiri's been saying that stuff for a while right Despite that, if people are listening to you, then this coming out, it really doesn't change anything. All this does is color the perception of the people outside of the listenership, the people who don't know who he is. And why would you do that? You would do that so you could box him in and he couldn't grow anymore. So any other existing possibilities that there may be out there, corporations that might want to work with him, companies that might want to, they're not going to touch him. You turn him into a pariah that nobody wants to give a deal to because you just associated him on the front page of every search engine and every blog as someone who engages in bestiality and hits women. I mean, hitting below the belt is one thing, but they're just like, okay, we're just going to go ahead and assassinate him. That's really what's going on. It's deep. The way he's handling it, I mean, he's not really handling it. He was basically like up crying all night and then sleeping through the pod the other day. It made me feel so bad. Look at what they're, look at, you know, we get so caught up about what's happened in the past and the people they've killed and, 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 you know, the things that have happened, the injustice, but look at it, it's happening right in front of you. It's happening right in front of you. Somebody is standing up and telling the truth about corporate theft culture, especially when it comes to creativity. And they're destroying him. And not just him, not just his current piece or whatever, they're destroying his future prospects. They took a podcast that was valued, realistically valued for its influence and ability to pull in viewership and listenership, valued probably 200 million. And with a few carefully leaked audios and leaked court documents, they tanked the value of that creative entity to nothing. Nothing. That. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Like. Corporations. I don't know man. You gotta. You know. Like. Selma Hayek be talking mad shit about corporations. But her man is the owner of LVMH. Like. If you want to talk about corporations. I think you gotta be on that billionaire level. Where you could look them in the eye and be like. Yeah. So. I said what I said, you know, that type of shit. I don't know, man. They decimated 
something that they it took those men years to create off of but at the same time i have to say hey i you know i'm not going to be that person smoke something at the same time i have to say the way he was talking about it the couple of days before i didn't like it <coughs> not because i'm afraid of spotify or blah 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 There is this thing, maybe you guys know it yourself. Some of you even know what I'm about to say. There's this thing that happens when somebody's really feeling themselves or really mad or really passionate about something and they're talking <coughs> or they're being mean or they're yelling, they're screaming. There's something that they're, they're, they're really involved in an emotion, right? And then all of a sudden they go too far, right? Something, it's something in their tone of voice. It can happen to you yourself and you can notice it. Something in your tone of voice changes. Something, it's slight. Someone who doesn't know you may not even pick up on it. But all of a sudden you know it. Or if you're watching someone, you can, you can feel it coming off them. It's like suddenly this thing, it like pricks you like a needle. Like it's going too far. There's some balance that's being tipped here that shouldn't. This is this is too much. And I've always felt maybe maybe you don't maybe you don't sense that, but I've always been able to sense it. And I always know that to me, that little prick of the needle is the karmic scales rebalancing. Cause now you've gone ahead and you've pushed the balance and now it's gotta rebalance and you're gonna get pushed back. Because you are in the vernacular of our time doing way too much and i felt that i felt that with joe i felt that you were doing way too much vibe for like two episodes and i just kept thinking to myself and i often think it with him i wish that there was some sort of a mentor figure in his life like, I know, like, he lost his dad, so he's already going through a lot. And to do this to him while he has just lost his dad is a whole other level of fuckery and ruthlessness, you know? I feel like I should, when I finish this, I'm going to do the Taurus and Cancer eating, and then I'm going to watch The Firm while I work out. Because it's, like, that level of, like, corporate treachery. Like, they're just murderous. Like, his dad just died, you guys. What the fuck, man? But I, I always have this feeling when I see him go too far or do too much where I wish he just had like a dad figure around or like a guy who would be like, hey, Joe, don't say that. Don't do that. Or, hey, you've been negotiating with them for a while. Okay, so here's what the next six months are going to look like. You are not going to address this on the podcast at all. You're going to get lawyers involved. You're going to start talking about inequality of pay. You're going to talk about race. You're going to talk about independent valuations of the podcast. You're going to do the best. The next 20 podcast episodes you do are going to be the best you've ever done. You're going to invite people on. You're going to be full of energy. You guys are going to like spiff it up a little bit, you know you're you're going to you're going to promote it you're going to talk about salacious things to really get yourself into the blogs and this and that 
and you're going to really dazzle everyone and they can continue to offer you peanuts and you can continue to respectfully decline and while we're in this process of putting together what will end up being a media blitz if they don't offer us something realistic while you know they're stalling us we're putting together this together this media blitz that will with numbers and all sorts of semantics will be able to show that we're you know a highly valued pod and they're trying to shortchange us by a lot and so unfortunately we have got to part ways with Spotify and we hope to be able to work with them in the future but their practices aren't in line with the current culture and you know everything that we're fighting for and everything that we're out in the streets for you know this is a directly contrary to everything that's going on in popular culture right now and we are uh, in many ways one of the lead voices in pop culture right now and so to treat us this way is you know it's saying a lot it's it's uh definitely it definitely exemplifies how they feel about pop culture about um, black creators you know all of that and while issuing that statement and just coming off of a run of 20 spectacular episodes you could have already been shopping around to other platforms you know even a year ago saying i don't think that contract is going to look the way we want it to so why don't you keep an eye on the pod for the next year or so you're going to see our numbers we're going to jump we're going to do this we're going to do that if we bring the platform over to you guys maybe we could do this maybe we could add this feature that feature and start really you know building out that larger plan and so when it comes down to crunch time and they think they can just offer you whatever because, you know, they can, uh, you're not doing anything anyway except sitting on a couch, right? When they offer it to you, you've already, you know, got this whole thing ready. You let this media blitz go and you respectfully part ways. And you still hit them where it hurts because you get on that next platform and you talk in depth and in detail about the fuckery that's what an older wiser man who has been taught and has taught strategy would advise would have advised them to do successful businessman a successful finance man anyone would have given them that basic skeleton and instead they did nothing. They started complaining about Spotify about six, seven months ago, maybe a little bit more. The quality of the work started to fall apart. It became more and more tedious, hard to listen to. Now, their feeling and their 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 motivation for doing that, I already said you know if you don't pay people what they're worth they're 
value falls off. It completely makes sense. It's only human. That's what I mean about I wish they had someone to give them advice, to mentor them. Because emotionally, it's very honest what they've done. Strategically, it's very foolish. They did everything wrong and painted themselves into a corner. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jay-Z has to bail them out now, except doesn't Jay-Z like, hey, Joe Budden or something? So, that's what I think. I think they set somebody up who thinks he's a little bit smarter than he actually is. He's smart. He's really smart. He's good at analyzing things. And this goes for so many Virgo men. Very smart. Good at analyzing things. But they let their emotions get to them. And they make stupid sloppy moves that get them in a lot of trouble. And that's exactly what he did. Except he did it over a period of time. I've also been confused about why the last six months has been about trying to get back into another dysfunctional relationship as opposed to coming to grips with the fact that you do have a voice on a international scale and could be talking about just about anything and bringing light to it. I mean, even Kim Kardashian realized that that was something they had to do. And instead, it's inside jokes and guys don't say that because I don't want the girl I'm fucking to get mad at me. Are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? I'm serious. What? What? What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Why did my computer do that? That has never happened before. Did you hear that? Oh my god. That is so weird. Shut up. Why are you listening? Ew. You see how scary that is? Fuck that. Anyway, that's a big old mess. Bro. This leads me to my next topic. Bro, sometimes people get mad. They'll be like, Hi, you keep telling Libra just to not say anything. Hi, you keep telling Aries to do this. Ah. <coughs> yeah, because my my way of thinking is very like Tao Te Ching based. It's very I Ching centric. It's, it's Taoistic. It's... I've realized that I have a flaw and I have devoted myself to intense study in the exact opposite direction. I've realized young that I have a deep, deep flaw. I have Mars and Venus and Aries. I just want things to happen when I want them to happen. I want them to happen now. Give it to me now. Now. Now like right now like why don't I have it already like what the fuck is the fucking hold up 
<laughs> it applies to driving. It applies to love. It applies to everything. <laughs> driving and love and everything in between. Okay? It applies to everything. Like, if, you know, like, shout out Rita, shout out Cameron, shout out Orlando fam, uh, Oakland fam, shout out, why did I say Orlando? Shout out Tina, all of you. Like, whenever we're in Oakland chilling with Rev fam and they bring the pre-rolled blunts, it's like the best feeling in the world for my placements. Because it's like, yes. Because I want to smoke this one and the next one and the next one and they're right there and I know where they are and boom, I can keep satisfying this need to just go at hyper speed. And so I made such a mess of my emotional life so young that it became very clear to me, not for nothing, but with my dad saying it all the time too, that I just had no patience and then when I found the I Ching I was like oh so it's just a bunch of sticks that fall a different way right binary code okay got you and it's just different strategies involving patience every one of those strategies is just somehow about like yo chill out for a second but chill out in this way or chill out because of this or because of this reason or how about you do this in the interim or what about focusing on this instead? But it's all just about getting out of the way of the, of the, the energy that's flowing. Everything in the I Ching is basically about taking your barriers to the flow away. You know, the flow in Taoism, the flow... In Tai Chi, that, that, that energetic, like this just movement of energy, all the I Ching is is like, hey, right now you're putting up a block to that energy in this way and in this way. Hey, if you keep putting up a block of energy in this way, then this is going to happen. Because the, the, the energy is naturally going to flow around your obstacle and boom, and hit this other thing. Now, how they figured this shit out? <laughs> I don't know, but it scares me. Yo, it really scares me. Like, it terrifies me. <laughs> when I think about the I Ching, I'm like, how? <laughs> it's a computer, but how'd they make it? <laughs> how'd they figure this shit out? How did they figure out the simulation to such a degree? What the fuck? It's terrifying, bro. It's terrifying that we're just, you know, our moods emotions wants dreams ambitions actions depravities violences are just a certain permutation of a hexagram or two <laughs> i love it if it ends up that we wake up and we all created our own simulation and each one of us had our own and this was just my own and this is how things are progressing in this one, I'm going to have a big laugh because this is perfect. I mean, think about it. Nassim Harame is top dog in my simulation. How fucking dope of a simulation is that? Like, if I'm, if, if this is like solipsism now for a moment, if it's just like me doing all this, this world's pretty dope. 
lots of twists and turns. I like this painting I've created. Like, it's not bad. <laughs> it's a little whack. It's a little whacked out in certain, like, dark corners. But for the most part, not so bad. I guess everyone should feel that way. Anyway. So, yeah. Patience. Patience is, of course, a virtue. But for those of us who are more action-minded, maybe it's easier to think of it as a strategy. That's okay. Because it just gives meaning to the patience, you know? Not just not doing anything about it just to not do anything about it, but not doing something about it because X, Y, and Z. That strategy is what they as a team, as a group are lacking. They're extremely, extremely immature. And they haven't had any proper, like guidance from someone who is very successful who can show them like the trick you know they could have pulled a great trick here and they could have had Spotify by the balls and they could have gotten the money they wanted too but they played it all wrong and uh you know someone's gonna have to explain to Joe no matter how much this hurts him that you don't win the chess game by picking up the table and throwing it. You're going to have to go and you're going to have to go pick up all those pieces and that table and put it all back together and sit back down and you're going to have to play the motherfucking game and that's what it is. So that sucks for him. But also, <clears throat> I would just like to note on a broader scale, Virgo men are just going through it because y'all just be fucking your own shit up. You, I always said this to my Virgo eyes. You don't know when to shut the fuck up. You always got to say one too many snide fucking stupid fucking thing. You don't know when to stop. You don't know when to stop. My mom, Virgo rising, doesn't know when to stop. It's always one comment too much. Remember I told you my dad calls it the addition. It's always one thing too much. And right now, Virgo men especially, because Virgo women have handled it. They're like, yeah, that's how I am, and that's what's going on, and I'm fine with it, and I'm living my life, and fuck y'all. So they're good. Virgo men get themselves into trouble. Their mouth gets them into trouble that they cannot handle. At least with Virgo women, if they demand something and you can't live up to it, they're like, okay, peace, bye, I got you, I'll handle myself. Virgo men are like, okay, this is what I want. And the answer comes back, no. And they fly off the handle, but, and yet are helpless. Because they don't know how to fix it. So then they kind of just like, they, what's the word? Wallow. They lounge around in this like, sad space waiting for some woman to think they can fuck their sadness away oh my god this typical fucking scenario lord let me stop 
how banal, how boring. I'm so sick of it. Honestly, I'm so sick of it. Fucking the sad man. So 2000s. No more. Please. Please, God. If you can't wake up with a smile on your face, I'm kind of just bored already. Please go. You know? Like, it's bad, but it's not that bad. (laughs) Oh, I can't stand a sad man. It's so exhausting. You wake up, they're still sad. You go to sleep, they're still sad. They're taking a shower, they're sad. Listen. (laughs) Can you go? Can you, like, what happened to you? Like, and especially if they're sad, if they fucked their own shit up. You fucked your own shit up and now you're sad. You're being sad at me? Because I'm here. No, but I'm just sad. No, but I'm here. (laughs) I have to, like, deal with this. Oh, no, I can't do it. Please, God, process your grief quickly or like do it. Just do it somewhere else. Because, again, it's so I know it's so ruthless of me. Right. But I just like I'm so action based. Like, what should you be doing right now instead of being like this? Like, like to me, stagnant. The reason sadness is so irritating is because it's a stagnant emotion there goes the mars and aries again right it's so stagnant it just doesn't lead to anything like okay so this is it right this is what's wrong what could we be doing no matter what it is there is something that we could be doing that would make you feel better than the way you feel right now and yet you have chosen to just be sad now if i just allow you to keep being this way and we know studies prove this you're going to get depressed. Once you are actually depressed, which means that your brain has now decided that it's going to make these chemicals instead of those chemicals, okay? How the fuck am I supposed to help you then? Then it's going to be a whole different way that I'm going to have to... So so my thing is, maybe it's very like immigrant style. Maybe it's like very desi. Maybe it's just brown women. I don't know what it is. But... We're not doing the prolonged days of sadness. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. No, like, I just can't. I just can't. If we're doing that, then you're going to do that by yourself. Hey. <laughs> Reason number 50 million that guys are terrified of me. I'm the first person to be like, maybe you should go. <laughs> I will tell any motherfucker in the world, maybe you should go. Maybe, you know what? Let's just forget about this for a while. Let's pick this back up in a couple of months or something. You know, like maybe you should just like, do you think, don't you think you should go? Like you seem like you have a lot going on right now. And that the slap, oh my God, the hand slap on the thigh. That's like, that's, yeah, that's me. That's me being done with you. Because you're making this, like, intensely difficult. Like, there's all this, like, shit going. Like, you're talking about all these things that you want me to, like, like now stop my life. And you want me to, like, care about these things about you. But, like, these are things that you need, you should have fixed and still need to fix in your life. And there's no way for me to fix them. But here you want me to, like, sit and, like, hold your hand through, like, what? What is this? Is this therapy? <laughs> are you going to pay me for this? What is this? Is this commiserating? I don't want to commiserate with this. I don't want to. If I'm your friend, then I'm going to tell you this is dumb. You should get up and do this, this, and this, and this. And then you will feel better. 
instead of sit here and hold my hand well i'm just gonna sit here and act like there are no options like what are you dumb there are 10 million options even for i'm gonna walk around with swollen eyes and fall asleep on camera joe button joe puffy eye button what are you doing right now you still fucking up you were fucking up before and you still fucking up now before the strategy you didn't fu- the strategy you didn't you didn't have a fucking strategy the strategy before okay the strategy i'm gonna start doing this okay let's just start doing certain episodes where it's just me telling somebody off and hopefully someone will get it to them so that they will fucking like the, the strategy you didn't have a strategy the strategy was let me just do let me just say whatever the fuck i want pay no attention do no kind of pre-production do no kind of reaching out do no kind of work whatsoever because i feel underappreciated and just come in and try to fucking wing it and phone it in week after week after week and diminish my own fucking value and diminish my own fucking product that was your fucking strategy that was your fucking strategy and it worked congratulations you fucked it all up Right. And now instead of doing damage control and picking up the fucking pieces and rebuilding your fucking brand, which you're going to have to do no matter what, what have you decided to do? You've decided to be sad and moody and cryptic. No, get out in front of this thing. Talk to people without being fucking aggressive and looking like a like a weirdo on Instagram live. Sit down and speak to people and explain to them like you would on the podcast or do it on the podcast. Do it on their own platform and smack them in the fucking face. Explain what's actually going on. Be an intelligent, sober individual and and, and spit that truth that you know how to spit. What, you just gonna fucking, you, you just gonna concede? You're just gonna, like, no. This is not the way to handle it either. Now you're supposed to be showing power. Now you're supposed to, you know, like, exert your strength. Assert yourself. Now we're falling asleep on camera? Like, it's just like you, you're doing every, at every step, you're doing the thing wrong. And then wrong. And then wrong. Because there's nobody there to, like, explain to you. That, again, this is about patience. This is about strategy. Sucks, man. Somebody in the world who cares about him, send him the Tao Te Ching. Mail him an audiobook link. Put in his comments on Instagram. Please, God, somebody, like, get him to read something about strategy. Because even if he ends up making the deal of a lifetime off of this, the the damage that he has done not just to his brand but to his personage the damage he provoked is some of it is irrevocable but there's still time there's still time to not make it worse and yet i fear dear rosencrantz i fear <laughs> It will only get worse. Okay, I'll come right back. We reached the hour mark. So fast, eh? We have so much more to talk about still. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, ghost that saying drink something. Smoke something. Here we go. <clears throat> Now, 
What are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm-hmm. So much. There was so much I wanted. What should we talk about? A lot of times you guys ask me about confidence and power in relationships. And for some reason, I've never really taken the time to answer because I always feel like it's such a complicated question and that it would take so much time. But since I can't remember what we were supposed to talk about, I've noticed that concussion has taken certain words away from me. It takes me a second (coughs) to think of the words. (coughs) But fear not, it's coming back. It's just swelling. So, confidence and power in a relationship. How do you have the guts, the nerve, the fearlessness to stand up to somebody in a relationship. Or in a friendship. (coughs) In any dynamic. I told you about the woman on the plane, right? She kept getting up, sitting down, getting up, sitting down. Every time she'd say, I'm going to get up, go for it. I'm going to sit down, go for it. But you keep telling me to go for it. What the fuck else you want me to say to you? How do you get there? That without thinking, your unconscious response, your authentic true response to somebody fucking with you is clean, confident, aggressive and gets the point across effective how do you get there especially if you don't have military parents because I think when you're raised in a military environment (coughs) you just you know it's osmosis it's all around you you have no choice but to speak that way be that way shake hands that way, stand that way. It's just what's expected of you. But more than that, that's even unsaid. It's what you see. It's all you see. Every time you see your parents deal with people, that's how they are. So that's just what you think the world is. That's what you think you are. And that sticks So how do you get to a level of belief in self, confidence in self, especially if you're not quite where you want to be in life or if you have, you know, just the run of the mill insecurities that we all have? How do you assert yourself and
exude confidence. Project confidence. How do you not get stepped on? <laughs> I think the reason I never address it is because I'm afraid to talk about it because I don't want to like get mad at you. I don't want to yell and scream at you. I don't want you to feel like I'm chastising you. And often when I speak about this subject, which is not often at all, and this is why, it can take me to a very aggressive place. There is almost nothing in the world that can make me as angry as one person trying to tell another person what to do or how to feel or what to think. Watching someone rob someone else of their agency deeply upsets me. <laughs> yeah, it makes me want to exert some control of my own. <laughs> it makes me want to hit people. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, it is difficult to speak of without feeling like I am chastising you because to speak about it, I have to click my brain into it and think about it and picture it and and know it for a moment and i and i know it i've seen it i can't i can't commiserate though and so it's hard to talk about without feeling preachy you know oftentimes when someone is preaching at you it's because they have no idea what you're going through and they're just assuming and i am wary of speaking to you about this because i don't want to preach to you because even at my lowest <clears throat> even at my most submissive what I thought was my most weakest moment in a relationship I was still half a sentence away from like fucking your shit up <laughs> even when I thought that I was being a doormat I was like half a sentence away from being like fuck your mother <laughs> Your mother's a whore. <laughs> Yo, why is that so funny? <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just such a random fucked up thing to say in a fight. <laughs> be really interesting to like have oh maybe I can do that I have like an ex of mine on and like interview him that would be interesting because it would be interesting to hear the flip side of all this like yeah and then she told me to <laughs> go fuck my mother <laughs> and started laughing like a maniac and left <laughs> accurate um Okay, well, let's get down into the nitty-gritty, shall we? Confidence. Bro, if you're not comfortable walking out the fucking door in any given situation because you don't really fucking need this bullshit, you are not going to truly be confident. 
<laughs> which is just another way of saying that you need to have extremely high self-esteem, which is another way of saying that you need to believe in yourself, which is another way of saying that you have to find yourself capable, which is another way of saying that you have to be capable, which is another way of saying get capable, which is to say get up and start doing shit and learning shit that makes you feel like you can handle shit and keep doing it and keep doing more shit like that and more stuff that scares you and keep handling it and keep putting that stuff in your arsenal and keep challenging yourself and keep motivating yourself and do all the things that you want to do right on the edge of that sword and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and soon you get to the point where you're in a fucked up situation like in a restaurant or something and a maitre d's being weird to you or somewhere where you're you've got to be extremely confident not to lose your temper not get into an argument and and still get what you need and you are able to draw then on all those days weeks months years that you have put in and are continuing to put in to your excellence okay And all of that authenticity unconsciously pours out of your mouth as you say to him, oh, I'm so sorry, you must have misunderstood me. And pass him however much money you're going to give him and he gives you the table you want and you saunter over and order your meal. Confidence is like witchery. like charming someone, right? Again, that's a magical term, like charming someone. Drink something, please. You can get people to do what you want by believing so deeply in yourself. Hello, Tom Cruise, hanging off of airplanes. That you become compelling. That's confidence. You can sway other people's behavior and opinion by believing so deeply in yourself that it shifts their perspective as well. And they begin to behave in a manner that is beneficial to you. Now that may not be the strict definition of confidence but that's what it does socially to us and there is no way to fake it all confidence is is a social cue that someone unconsciously gives off of being highly capable that's it That's why women find it so sexy. (laughs) Men display real confidence and it's quiet. You can see it. They're just sitting there. They know they can handle it. If something happens, they can handle it. Right? You know it. You've seen it. You've felt it. That. It's the same for everyone when you have a very good grasp of where you are and what you're doing and you're capable physically and you're grounded and calm mentally 
confidence is how that appears to people on the outside. Power. Power is a different thing. There are so many sneaky ways to get power. There are so many underhanded, awful things that people do to turn power, take it away from people, give it to other people, hoard it. It's, I've always seen it as a very ungodly game. I thought God had all the power. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but I'm also confused. Like what power, what are you looking for? What power over what? <laughs> They're like swamis who can bend spoons. You can't even do that. What kind of power are we talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so power, how do you get the power in a relationship? Oh, girl, there's a million awful ways you could do that. Probably a million beautiful ways too, but what a disgusting game to get into. No, confidence and power aren't the same thing at all. You may retain a lot of your chi and have a, quite a lot of personal power when you do these things that outwardly appear as confidence. When you build up your self-esteem and your capability in every arena and you focus on that evolution and that is the... That is the central goal of your life is your evolution when you when you get to that place where you care so deeply about yourself that you are constantly improving and evolving how you keep yourself safe how you make money how you stay healthy. When you walk into a room, your priorities are completely different than someone who's walking in wanting people to like them, wanting people to admire them, wanting people to be attracted to them, even wanting people to listen to them. I've never walked into a business negotiation wanting anyone to hear anything I said. I'm just here to listen, make the pitch. I'm listening. Even when it's me trying to pitch something, which has happened way back in the past, even then, I'm <laughs> halfway through the guy was like, why do I feel like you're interviewing me? I was like, because I am. <laughs> I'm still the commodity. Yo, <laughs> I never wonder why guys find girls annoying. <laughs> mm. Drink something. Damn, this juice is good. Yo, organic celery glue. Um, yeah. It's not
confidence is about not needing any sort of, well, it's about not needing anything. You're walking around in a social situation or within the boundaries of a relationship. You're moving around and you're mingling with people and you're connecting, but you're not siphoning any energy nor do you need to because you're full up. People here and there will try to attach themselves to you, but you'll notice that supremely confident people never let people get too attached. They never let people get too close, and they certainly don't let people leech off them because they can sense that shit and they can feel the drain right away, and they're like, nah, buddy, out of here. That person is walking around in a sea full of people who are all looking for energetic affirmations and cues from each other. But then there are these people walking around that aren't doing that at all. And their priority is singular. They want what they want. but they're swimming it's a shark swimming around in this pool with a bunch of minnows who all kind of want to pay attention to each other and here is this gigantic killer animal that wants exactly what it wants and it has nothing to do with what you want it's looking way past you And usually, as you've noticed, confident people get what they want. Because also, to even know what you want, you have to be really confident. Everyone that I know that doesn't truly know what they want, they have that in common. That they can be... swayed from their feelings of worth about themselves. It's a knowing when you do these things to make yourself more capable, when you push yourself to do things that make you prove yourself to yourself. excuse me, or when things just happen that show you what you are or who you are. It hardens some part of you that needs to be hardened. So when people try to tell you who you are or impinge on your rights, question your value, they run right into that wall because you know yourself enough to have built that wall against any of the bullshit. That's confidence. Excuse me. When I went to the dealership to look at the car, after they towed it away or flatbedded it away, the guy that came out from the dealership and was talking to me, he looked at the car and he looked at me and he was like, 
So what happened? And I told him. He said, you, you got out of the car? And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. Strong. He said, you drove here, I saw you. I was like, yeah. Strong. Yeah, because I learned something about myself. Something that I would have never known. When the moment was in front of me and my eyes opened and there's just all this black smoke and all these tree limbs smashed all the windows and the whole car is filling up and I think it's going to explode. Here I am. I'm going to die. I said, okay. Click clack. <laughs> Jump out the car. Run like hell. Oh, I think my leg might be broken. Doesn't matter. Oh, I think my ribs might be broken. No problem. <clears throat> Excuse me. No problem. It taught me something. I didn't know that about myself. I've been close. I've been close to death more times than I'd like to admit. Twelfth house hazard. We're always trying to get back. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I didn't know that when I when it was all over, you know? When it was like black and white, the stakes became very clear. <laughs> when it was life and death, life or death, I didn't panic. I didn't hesitate. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't confused. I didn't scream. I didn't make a sound. I didn't cry. I was focused, efficient, agile, and fast. Now God, alhamdulillah, is the one that saved me and gave me those attributes to grow. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I'm glad I've done so. But that wasn't my frontal brain. That wasn't my curated personality. That was my nature. Because me, when I was a kid, I used to panic all the time. Up until the accident, I think I still thought that it was an aspect of my personality somewhere. No. No, when it when it hit the, the, the bedrock of what I am, when the realization of what was happening, when I opened my eyes, the, the few milliseconds that it took to hit the bedrock of what I am, the reaction that came up was like a fucking ninja. I was out. And 
a bit heroic, I might add, because as they sat me down, the guy started to run towards the car, and even though I started, I couldn't breathe, and I certainly couldn't really speak, I started shouting to them, and they came back, and I was like, yo, don't go over there, that car's gonna blow up, <laughs> you guys are bugging, <laughs> like, have you never watched a movie? And the more I think about it, and the more I understand my reaction, the more confident I am as a person. It are it is these things, it it is these moments. There are moments like this that happen all the time, maybe not to this degree, that show you who you really are. And the only thing that can change those reactions, that bedrock, is that constant and consistent work on yourself that I was talking about a few episodes ago. To make yourself self-sufficient, capable, healthy, etc. All of that. Plus the knowing, the understanding, the intelligence, the reading, the exploring. All of that, when it comes together, it reads like something that people call confidence. It's an attribute that makes people trust you. Because they can read the capability. You see? That's coming off of you in waves. So capability is really the question. Smoke something. What makes us more capable? Feeling good? Looking good? Doing good, working hard. Play, relaxing, putting ourselves in situations that aren't easy. Being willing to take on difficult situations. Knowing that although they are difficult, they will help us grow. I said, I said situations, not people. <laughs> no projects. That's a big rule with me. No projects. I'm not dating a project. No, someone I have to like put together and piece it. No, 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 please go away. Oh, it's like cookie dough or something like half baked something or like half boiled rice. What? No. What pot were you cooked in by who? Get out of here. Go become like a fully functional adult before you come over here. <laughs> it's not a pity project. No. No, no, no. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. I keep getting I, I I keep roping myself back into that one like I just have so much disdain for overly emotional men that it just drives me 
up a fucking wall. Like, I just, just shut up. But overly emotional anybody, though. I gotta be really honest. Overly emotionally anybody makes me, like, want to die. Uh, <laughs> I Like, if you need to cry, cry. If you're hurt, be hurt. But, like, for some reason, it just, again, like I said, you know, that tingle. I feel that tingle when the balance is off and you're doing too much. And I'm just like, ah. Ah, uh, the earth signs get it. The earth signs are like, you're doing too much. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> I mean, it embarrasses me. So. Yeah. Confidence. And trust. are just the social cues, the give and take, the transaction of social cues that happen when a capable human being, a tried and tested human being, or someone who has some deep, knowledge of their capability in themselves meets people who don't. It is one of the most powerful currencies and therefore you could use it, I suppose, to gain power. But again, what a boring game. People can't even handle the amount of power they have and have no idea how much that is. Why are they so obsessed with getting other people's power and getting other people to do what they want? Like you have limitless potential that you can't tap into, but somehow controlling another human being is going to make this easier. Ugh. It's tiring. I don't know. That's why sometimes the male existence doesn't make sense to me. Like the cis straight male existence doesn't make sense. If it's all just to play for power, wouldn't you be better off just playing a board game? I mean, do you have to wreck our whole world to do this? If that's all it's about, like, can't you just confine yourself to some, like, casinos and be done with it? I don't understand. Like, you're such hardcore gamers that you have to turn the world into a game. I don't get it. But... I don't know, nature and natural phenomenon are beginning to be seen as kind of just an extenuating circumstance and it's really scary and it feels bad as a woman, it feels really bad because I can feel our place being diminished more and more and more. I can see it in how men look at women. I can see it in how they talk to them. I watched a little bit of this interview of Selena Powell because I didn't know who she was talking to this 
weird, really disrespectful, dirty looking person named Adam something. And I swear to God, the way he was talking to her, I would have broken his fucking jaw. I would have really hurt that dude, the way he was talking to her. And it was like live, public. And he was so, so openly disrespectful. And not even disrespectful, you know? Mean. Almost violent. It's, uh... Yeah, power is a really dirty game. (laughs) It always leads right there. If you're playing for power, sooner or later you're going to run up against Mother Nature because it has all the power. And then you're going to start playing a really ugly game. Whether it be you bumping up against the earth or... All the wombs. So, there's that. What else do we need to talk about? I swear there's more. Hmm. Let me think about it. I'll do the Taurus and Cancer reading and then I'll be back and we can keep rambling and smoking and get back into having lots of content. (coughs) Sorry, I've been so lost in my own thoughts. Healing is such a personal thing. And I think there are a lot of people that would have really been bummed out by what it's been like to heal from the concussion. But honestly, I didn't even really notice. I could just feel that all my brain wanted to do was rest. So I just let it. Like, yo, no worries. Give everybody what they need. And it worked. And it is working, alhamdulillah. It's going really well. Sometimes I just find myself missing a moment, you know, when I'm thinking of a word. That's the only time I'm feeling it anymore. Everything else is fine. But thank you for being so patient once again. We have been through quite a year so far together and alone. And if there were any of you out there who felt at all put off by my no groups thing, it's not because I don't want solidarity between us and that I don't love the Rev fam because you know I do. It's just that I think people naturally tend 
to want to throw their belief behind something instead of in themselves. And I never want the thing to be bigger than you. This is, again, I don't know how many times I've said it and I apologize if it's redundant and annoying, but this is about you finding power within you. You know, this is just about teaching you about the best parts of yourself and how to rewire the parts that may not be quite as helpful so you can be the best you. That's all. And anytime anything becomes more than that, it's going to seem cultish and weird. And by the way, I've been thinking about cults because I watched an episode on Hulu of like, it was like a document, it was like A&E, like a series about cults or something. And they were showing this thing called Nexium. And the guy was like branding his initials into people, into women. It's so weird. Anyway, one of the things that I realized while watching it was that cults are kind of like um, they're kind of like fandom, like fan, a fan group, but like run by the celebrity. <laughs> Follow me here. I feel like, like imagine if like a celebrity had their own like conventions for their fans to come and just like be there with them like I feel like a cult is like a at least like a, a celebrity that has that runs their own fan club <laughs> and it's so weird and so bizarre to me but we always have to resist the urge that we have as humans to want to give our power over to something else and attribute our successes to something else instead of our capabilities and I never want that to be confused and I always want there to be you know I want the, I, I want there to never be a question as to where your power resides and why it resides within you and it is because you are priceless you are a priceless consciousness that is integral to the survival and health of this simulation you are needed beyond measure you are invaluable no price can be put on you your presence, your consciousness is required here, right now, like this, or this simulation would not work like this. That's how important and vital you are to this feedback loop with the vacuum. That is always where your power should reside and in nothing else or I mean you know the vacuum God however you want to say it but 
no group, no people, no external quality, no internal quality, no successes. Nah, 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 nah. None of the things of the dunya. We are all spiritual beings, but we're still here in this dunya, in this world. And even getting too attached to each other, to a cause, to a movement, to a name, to a group, anything, is another form of getting attached to the dunya. You have to remember that. So, yeah, that's that. Good. Is there anything else? I don't think so. I love you guys lots and lots. If you haven't had a chance to read Chaos yet, I highly recommend listening to the audiobook. It's really good. Mm, the other book we talked about is The Bonobo and the Atheist, also an incredible book. Another book that I've mentioned but I want to talk more about in the next couple of podcasts is Sex at dawn or sex before dawn i think it's sex at dawn actually incredible research we're going to be talking a lot more about that and uh yeah talk soon i love you so much though like do you even know <laughs> Is your girl DJ Nark <laughs>